Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. And I have it wrapped, too. Um, and I didn't design the wrap. I had a buddy design it, and he does amazing work by all means. But, uh, but. my face is on the driver's side door oh, and on no. the passenger door, and I'm like... <laughs> Go. Welcome. Welcome. To episode five nine. Niner? Five niner. Did I catch a niner in there? Are you calling from, from a, a walkie talkie? It's <laughs> a good movie. Yeah. Uh it's February seventh. We are your hosts, Gus. I'm Matt. And thank you for being here. Thank you for continuing to put up with our shit. We appreciate it. First thirty seconds, that was it. If you're new here, thanks for uh, coming. I hope you're uh, in for, I don't know, whatever you, you're in for. Yeah. <clears throat> what are they in for today, Matt? What they're in for today is it's probably the last day, last week, that you can order Valentine stuff and use code Valentine, or you can use code podcast and get 20% off. That's right. <clears throat> whatever you want to do. But if you have forgotten to get your whiskey lover in your life a Valentine's Day gift, mm-hmm. we have some stuff on the store they're probably going to like. Yeah. Yeah. We got stuff dudes like. Yeah. And chicks. You gotta get for, your, for their dudes. Get your wife a cocktail smoker kit. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can use it. Then you can use it. But yeah. you can tell her it's for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get her that, get her that vacuum, too. You should. Do yeah. It. What was do that? It. I saw that, um, that Be a Man guy. He just did yeah. a new one the other day. And it was like, uh, <laughs> he was like, do your wife a favor and before she comes home, get the vacuum cleaner out and plug it in for her. Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> <laughs> this advice is so it's so great. It's good advice. It is really good advice. Sometimes I'll do it for my wife. I'll leave it right in the front door and she walks in and she'll look at it and go, Were you vacuuming? Like, oh no, I just I got it ready for you. That's good. And then I leave before I get in trouble. That's good. It's smart. Yeah. St- strategic, well planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very good. Proud of you. We have a guest today. Do we do? Yep. Um, he's going to be calling in probably about four to five minutes, something like that. Yeah. And we're just going to, should we do that as like preface that with the P O W W P O W the P O P O T W what plug of the week. Oh, or do we do that on the show Um, with him on it and make it awkward? Would it be awkward? Would it be awkward? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember how we did it at Lux. Did we do it with him on? Yeah, we did it with him on. We'll do it with him on. All right. Yeah. I Works think because everybody wants to hear the song, so he could, he could hear the song live and in color. Live and in color. Yeah. Like this podcast you're getting here. Live, live and, and in color. color. We also forgot to uh, to start drinking earlier. <laughs> I have to drive. I have a lot to do tonight. Yeah, me too. Do you? No. Let's be nice. <clears throat> you know what I'm doing tonight. I'd rather be doing that. You can. Good. I could. You're right. Yeah. <clears throat> but whatever. So that was a fun conversation. Well, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to February. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna be doing a. <laughs> we're gonna have trekking outdoors. Is gonna call. So we're in a couple group chats on on the Instagrams, and. Um, one of them is a bunch of outdoor hunting stuff, kind of like the whitetail stuff that we uh, try to delve into here and there. Yep. 
So we decided that we're going to start interviewing these people, not interviewing, but we're going to start talking to the guys in there about how their hunting season was in 2020, any mistakes they made, blah, blah, blah. And so we just kind of put up in there, hey, anybody that wants to come, these are the times that we have available. And Chris from Trekking Outdoors said, I'll take this time slot. So we're going to do it. So there's the show on the Sportsman Channel. Nice. Yep. And what's the schedule? Mondays are at 8.30 a.m. And then yep. they are on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Yeah. So you could catch them <clears throat> on the Sportsman's channel Mondays and Wednesdays. Yep. They're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. as well. And you can catch, uh, they have a website. It's trekkingoutdoors.com. They have yeah. a shop with apparel. I got some merch. Yep. You get some gear in there. And, and I'm sure he'll T-R- talk more about it. E-K-K-I-N. Mm-hmm. Outdoors. Yep. And I'm sure he'll talk more about it. Yeah, I don't want to steal this thunder. Yeah, me neither. But anyway, so how has your week been? Uh, the week has been, let me tell you how the week's been. Yeah, please. <clears throat> let me tell you what I did last night. Yep. So my, Ooh. nice. Yeah. I decided, I didn't decide. Okay, I did decide. Some friends hit me up uh, around Christmas time. And were like, hey, there's a hockey tournament in May in Charleston. We're getting some of the we're getting the band back together. A bunch of guys I played hockey with in high school. Right, mm-hmm. it's been fifteen years or more since I've seen some of these people. For some of them, it's been fifteen years since they've played hockey. They're like, "We want to come to Charleston and play a tournament." I'm trying to get injured. You down? <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes." Yeah. One, it's going to be cool to see these guys. Two, it's going to be really cool to see some of them step on the ice for the first time in over a decade. Hopefully, they try to do that beforehand. But anyways, in preparation for that, I started a new men's league called the beer a beer league. Right. Had our first game last night. I figured I'd be a little rusty. So we're deep into this game. I'm exhausted, right? I get off a shift. I can, my leg, like my foot is cramping, like toes curling in. Um, I can't catch my breath. We were on a power or a penalty kill, so I couldn't get off the ice. So I get back. I get back on the bench, do a line change. I look up, and it's only been like fucking four minutes, bro. I, I was so out of shape. I, it felt like an eternity. It felt like I had been playing a whole game. And uh, as it turns out, I am just old, way old and out of shape. Yeah. Like, there were old dude, older dudes than me running circles around me out there last night. How did it make you feel inside? Uh, it's, it's one of those weird things where, like, my brain and my hands and my feet all knew what to do and what they were supposed to be doing. But my lungs were just like, <laughs> yeah, not today, buddy. Yep, I did. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could do it either. No, all that exercise, all that running around. And it's that's fun. sad, though. Is it sad? It's a I life. Mean, it's a life choice. Yeah, no. I just, I just mean like, uh, I feel like we should take a better care of ourselves. Is well, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to go elk hunt again or or something else out west, and I, I don't want to be uh, out of shape for that. No, I would like to do that as well. I was looking at Onyx came out with. All of their dates, yeah, um, and they've like simplified the process. So they they gave us an elite membership a while back. So if you have an elite membership, you can go in and use. They have free tools for basically planning out west hunts. And um, I was looking at it yesterday, and I was thinking, man, we should just apply for tags. Just see if we get a tag somewhere. Yeah, because then you're not committed to anything. But if you apply and you get a tag, and then it's like, hey, dude, you know, in three months we got to be in. Utah or whatever to kill an elk. They have elk in Utah? I'm sure they do. Oh, yeah. For sure. Where's uh, Roosevelt elk? Oh. Unknown caller. Unknown caller. Don't say the number. Thank you. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. We were just introducing you. <laughs> oh, well, perfect timing then. It was. It was. We'll let you finish it, though. You're probably better at it than we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Chris from Trekking Outdoors. How's it going, guys? Going well. Good. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us a little bit today. Yeah, not a problem. And we told everybody about your show. It's Monday and Wednesdays, 8.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays? Yeah, uh, Wednesdays actually 2 a.m., 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. And uh, times are Eastern time. Nice. Oh, nice. That's a lot yeah, of shows. Yep. How many episodes do you have out? Uh, we're, I have just aired our fifth episode and we'll have 13, uh, this year. So they'll, uh, they're going to air all the way through the end of March and then re-air, um, April, May, and June. That's awesome, man. Very cool. 
Yeah. Yep. So tell us a little bit about, about the uh, how you guys got started, and then we'll get into uh, last year's hunting season. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's uh, three of us. It's myself, um, Uncle Steve, and Tyler. So we're just a tight, tight-knit group. Um, Tyler and I are best friends, and then Steve, uh, that's actually Tyler's uncle. Um, but everybody knows Steve as Uncle Steve. That's how I was introduced to him when I first met him was Uncle Steve. So that's kind of just stuck with him um, ever since. So, um, yeah, we're all three of us are from Michigan. In this uh, this past season was our first season um, airing on the Sportsman Channel, but prior to that, we've been filming and editing uh, for quite a while. And then Steve and I, uh, the two of us, have been hunting, you know, as as far as we can remember. And then the idea kind of just came up, came up, came upon itself, and and I ran it by Tyler, and we started filming and putting hunts together. And next thing you know, uh, we're starting a Facebook page and Instagram, and then. Aaron on the Sportsman Channel. So this past year was crazy. We went to eleven different states and put almost fifty thousand miles on our pickup. Nice. And yeah, it was it was pretty nuts. That's pretty crazy. That's a lot of miles in one year. Yeah, enough to drive somebody nuts. That's for sure. <laughs> was that uh, was that primarily um, just a handful of destinations like that you were frequenting a bunch of times, or were you going to different locations for all for all that travel? <laughs> different locations we went to kentucky a couple couple different times um went to ohio a couple different times then missouri we went there twice um we went to colorado iowa kansas uh, missouri illinois ohio kentucky michigan uh we just got back from texas and we actually made it out to florida for a fishing trip and did some bow fishing on the ocean so we we went everywhere this year it was it wow. was insane yeah that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. How do you get uh how do you find the locations to go to these spots? Is it they set you yeah. up locations? No, no. Actually, uh this year uh all of our hunts were done on our own, um, for the exception of two hunts. Uh, we only hunted with two outfitters, um, everywhere else. Just, you know, meeting people, talking to people. I mean, we met some people in Kentucky when we were down there that got us permission in Illinois. Um, and it kind of, you know, just kind of spiraled from there. Um, we did cold knocking when we went to Kansas, um, cold knocking, uh, when we were in Kentucky and Steve ended up shooting a really nice buck. The family that allowed him to hunt on their property, invited him into their home, gave him dinner. Wow. I mean, it was, it's just crazy the way that things went, out, went about itself this year. Um, but yeah, we did a lot of it on our own. I mean, we were successful, you know, in a couple different States and a, in a couple different times we hunted our tails off and. You know, we experienced and show we've been showcasing the real and raw side of hunting because I feel like uh, personally that's been kind of lost and and forgotten about um, in some instances when it when it comes to hunting TV shows. You know, we've been uh, talking smack about hunting TV shows for many years <laughs> uh, just because they're they're all fake more or less. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I mean. I, I, uh, I've been watching hunting shows my entire life and I've come to enjoy a few, but a lot of repetitive and a lot of, you know, scripted, you know, and I'm not trying to bash, you know, anybody, but we're just trying to be different and just trying to be real. I mean, I don't want to be known and none of us want to be known as fake or trying to claim that we're the best out there. We're just average hunters, just like the, the rest of the rest of, uh, the country. So, yep. I think that's easier for people to, uh, to connect with. So. I think that probably yeah, uh, probably speaks volumes to your success um, and, and how well you're doing because people can relate to what you guys are what you guys are doing. Where did you guys where did you find the most success out of this last year? Um, I would say that's kind of hard. I mean, Michigan that's our home state. I mean, we had some success here. Um, we had success in Kentucky and in Texas, um, Iowa. We we were shot a buck in Iowa. That was our first buck. Um, you know, I mean, it really wasn't just narrowed down to one state. It was more so just spread out. Yeah. I would say the most successful part of our season was just grinding it out and finishing a full season together. I mean, all of us have families and, you know, we were all the men of the house and we got to hold that fort down too, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, you know, it's not all just fun and games like, oh, yeah, let's just travel and go hunt, which we're blessed that we're able to have that opportunity, but – at the same time, you know, you got kids at home and, and priorities at home that you got to take care of and, and men too, too. So are you guys running this full time or you have uh, normal jobs too? 
yeah, all of us have normal jobs, but I mean, this is, you know, taking up a good chunk of our time, which, you know, maybe one day it'll become something big, you know, if not, I mean, we're just going with the flow, seeing where things go right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we've been showcasing that the entire season, just trying to be real. I mean, our sit downs, you know, our sit downs that we've been doing on, on film are pretty much wherever we're at at that point in time and literally sitting in front of the camera and we're just talking about the hunt. And sometimes it's right after the hunt, you know, and that's just trying to be real. And, you know, it's hard to sometimes talk in front of the camera when you have nothing to read off of or even, you know, you know, like a script or anything like that. But that's just being being real, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes after a hunt, especially if it's if it's frustrating, the last thing you want to do is talk to a camera or anybody for that matter. So, yeah, absolutely. Especially, uh, we had a you know we also you know had had some unfortunate things happen. We weren't able to recover a buck, um, and uh, one of our camera guys. Uh, so Tyler, he hunts a little bit, but he he mainly does all of our filming and then does our editing. Um, but we have, uh, uncle Steve's nephew, Alex, he was actually hunting in Ohio and Steve got behind the camera and he shot a really nice whitetail and just too far forward, never, never recovered it. So that was unfortunate. And then we just got back from Texas a couple of weeks ago. I was hunting there and, uh, the first episode, which would be episode seven. Um, I had a great opportunity I had a really nice, uh, whitetail down there and when I uh, went went to go shoot him, and people will see this, he he ducked my arrow, you know. But at the same time, I kind of rushed it. But in a sense, it's like what what's considered rushing because I was at full draw for like three different times at you know multiple times, and yeah, um, mm. you know, just he had turned and quartered away a little bit. I thought I could sneak it right behind that front shoulder, and he ducked me a little bit, hit him high, and we were on you know weren't able to recover him, but we uh, went back out there and I was able to put a nice uh, Texas 11 pointer down. That was my first buck in Texas. And yeah, just an awesome hunt. Steve arrowed uh, his first axis doe while we were down there. This free, free range whitetail and free range axis deer. We saw the, uh, we, were, we were kind of thumbing through the Instagram earlier. I saw that it's a good looking axis. We also, there was yeah. another one where you guys were in a cornfield and that, uh, that shot looked super far. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's Steve. Uh, he uh, arrowed that deer first. I think it was like 20, 25 yards. And then he ran out to 65 yards and was just kind of stiff-legged. And Steve unhooked out of his saddle and climbed out on a limb, literally just went out on the limb and sat there, drew back at 65 yards and just arrowed him, got another arrow on him. And Holy cow. That was in Kentucky. And he ran ran through the woods and jumped off a 50-foot cliff. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. Fortunately, you know, not, you know, his rack was still intact and didn't, didn't, heard anything but he, he recovered that buck and yeah crazy shot it's pretty cool seeing that lighted knock fly that far in there yeah that's what we were looking at is yeah. it, it was uh it seemed like it seemed like a really that's why when you said 25 yards i was like man it looks a lot further than that <laughs> yeah the second one yeah, yeah that was 65 yeah yeah that's wild that's cool so, yeah yeah i mean had some success in michigan too yeah i was uh was it, personally i was able to shoot a nice michigan eight this year and we didn't really shoot, you know, any real big, big monsters. I mean, we've shot bigger bucks than what we did this year, but you know, it's not not what it's all about. I mean, right, yeah, getting out there and experiencing uh, all those different states. I mean, that was enough experience just in itself, just being there. Yeah, we we travel to hunt too, and um, very rarely do is anything put down that's uh, worth bragging about. But that's not why we do it at all. It's just it's it's a lot of fun. We like getting yeah, around, meeting people. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best part about it, about that sharing those moments and being in those moments. Yep, Cause Gus and I are uh, we're childhood best friends um, as well, so it's it's kind of like you and Tyler, I suppose. But it's just fun to be able to get out and get away from everything, and uh, it almost seems like you're stepping back in time to before before all this other stuff came to be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, the other cool thing too, was I was uh, able to get behind the camera for a hunt as well. And that's going to be one of the ending episodes. And Tyler actually was able to take down his first big, big whitetail. Oh, nice. And that was pretty cool. We, we switched roles and just uh, the excitement, you know, out of him and being able to, it was funny because, you know, he does all the filming and, and, you know, it can get frustrating when you don't see deer for a couple of days or any bucks or anything like that. And then, you know, I'm in the blind with him and we weren't seeing any deer and he's seen deer out in the field, you know, a couple hundred yards away, like 600 yards away. And 
And he's like, oh, let's just get down and try to, you know, spot and stalk him. And I'm like, just be patient, man. I know this property. Just be patient. We were going back and forth for like an hour. He's getting ticked at me. I'm just like, just, it can happen at any second. And sure enough, these two deer pop right out of the woods in front of us by 200 yards. And we, nice. they close the distance to 100. And it happened so quick. And Tyler's just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out you were right. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to admit that I was right, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Gus and I have a fair share of not admitting when the other one's right. Yeah. The other person yep. knows. I don't need to admit it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> so your uh, agreement with the Sportsman Channel, that is, can you still post uh, that content, or it has to be solely on their channel? Yeah, um, after it airs, um, we'll be able to post that. But what okay. we're going to do is we'll, we'll end up condensing it probably down to a little bit shorter of uh film and then we'll post that on social media and, and some other outlets after after it's done airing. Nice. Okay. So yep. one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was kind of discuss um tactics or lessons learned, I guess. Things that you did last year in twenty twenty one that you don't want to do again in twenty twenty two and then also discuss what your plans are for this year for the hunting season. If if you start start yeah. thinking about it, put tags in anywhere. Oh yeah. So wherever yep. you want to start. Um, yeah, so some things that uh, we kind of, you know, can, you know, learn from some of the mistakes that we made last year, just more so, you know, not being, not being patient, you know, and just rushing, rushing a few things like on, on our shots, you know, I had a, a nice opportunity and rushed a shot at one point. Um, going with your gut, <laughs> yeah. there was another instance where, you know, my gut told me that we need to go here. But, you know, your heart's staying in another, another, another spot. And, and then all of a sudden you hunt that spot and you go back and look at the trail cam. And there was a big, you know, 150, 160 inch deer standing there right in the middle of daylight. Mm, that you happened know. That happened in, <laughs> in Kentucky this year to a friend of ours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I would, uh, we hunted way more than we wanted to in Kentucky early season. I, and I'm not, it's hard to just kind of look back and understand why it wasn't, we, you know, we had our schedule laid out, but we like halfway through the season, we moved things around. I mean, for the, for the exception of a couple hunts, but we went down there and we both had tags, Steve and I, and, you know, Steve ended up filling his tag, but I went down there. Like, I think I went down there four different times and just got skunked multiple times, but, you know, going back at it, you know, going, looking back at it, we probably could have gone to, you know, a different state. You Where know, were you at in Kentucky? Uh, we were in Hardinsburg. Um, Breckenridge County. Okay. Yeah, some really good whitetail hunting out there. It's uh, it's a really awesome place. Been hunting out there for a couple of years now. Yeah, we did opening day um, for Velvet in Kentucky yeah, this year. Yeah, we did too. Yeah. Oh, you were there too. Nice. Yeah, the temps were extremely hot. It was like yeah, ninety it was degrees one day. Yeah. Getting chewed yeah. up by mosquitoes too. <laughs> Same here. We <laughs> one of the days we were hunting out of a ground blind and. Oh. Felt like it was 130 degrees. I got in there and I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> yep. There's a, every single deer that walked by me looked right yeah. at me. It could just smell me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, some positives, um, learning about ourselves, you know, what we're capable of. Um, it was my first time going out to Colorado this year. We went and hunted some public land that Steve's been hunting for the last 25 years and we hiked 54 miles in five days. We wow. camped all by ourselves at, uh, it was like 8,700 feet and hiked up to 11, a little over 11,000 feet. And just that experience alone, just, you know, with oxygen levels and, yeah. and all that stuff, just, it was, it was insane, you know, just pushing yourself to the, to the next level. Cause those first two days you're trying to get acclimated and, and trying to get used to that terrain, just to keep pushing yourself, keep pushing yourself. And, we hunted, hunted for five days and we hadn't had any encounters starting to get down on ourselves. And then the very last day we had an encounter with two mule deer, uh, five by four elk, and then two bull moose and a mama and a calf, like within 10 yards of, of us. It wow. was, it was wow. yeah, it was, uh, Steve's been going there for 25 years and never once had an encounter with a moose. And then we have an encounter with two bulls. The footage we got was amazing. You know, we didn't harvest in Colorado, but just that that experience, that encounter was worth every every bit of the time we put in there. Yeah, just something that's in the head that you'll have forever. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. So, um, yeah, going forward for uh, this coming year, we're 
Um, we got a, a few places that we're kind of just keeping to ourselves on where we're going. Um, well, I can say that we're going to a lot of the places we went to last year and we're going to Alaska. Oh, nice. So, oh, sweet. Yeah. We're at it. We added Alaska. We're going to be going there. Um, super excited for that. It's going to be my first time, Steve's first time again. So another first for us, but, uh, we kind of know what to expect. Uh, we're going, we got some good Intel from a guy that was, uh, there, I think, uh, last year and the year before. Um, but we're going to go after some caribou and, and maybe even something else. I guess we'll see. Are you uh, flying into an airport and then trekking in, or are you getting dropped off? Oh, yeah, we're flying in, and then we're going to be uh, whatever's available to us. If it's a U-Haul, we're taking the dang U-Haul. Nice. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Got to do what you got to do. We got to sleep in the back of that thing. We'll sleep in the back of it. That's actually probably not a bad idea to get a U-Haul. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, you could with a, yeah. a small little uh, yeah. uh, space heater. Yeah. It'd be money. Space heater. Yeah, plenty of room Just to throw all your junk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we slept in the back of a trailer. Uh, Steve's got a white trailer. We took that a couple different places and took that with us when we went to Colorado and had all of our gear. We, we brought that trailer all the way up with my pickup all the way up to where camp was in the mountain there. That thing was struggling at the end. Just trying to truck, the truck was trying to breathe, but this, the air was. So oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a, we got a trailer that we're, uh, going to end up sleeping in a lot this year. I think. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, this next year is going to be, it's going to be awesome. We're, we're planning some really big things. I mean, we really got our feet wet this year and experienced and, and learned a lot. So hopefully that'll benefit us for uh, the coming years. What kind of ca- uh, cameras are you guys using? I saw the, um, yeah, the yep, big G got, Master uh, lens. We run Sony's. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, we do too. We run a, yeah, we run a couple different GoPros too. Yep. Yeah, we have the we have the A seven threes and love them. Yeah, yeah, we have a A seven S and um, got a couple of really nice lenses on there, which I think we're going to be changing a few setups this year. But um, we were we were talking about that, but we're not not one hundred percent yet. But I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> we always end up just renting them because we don't film enough hunts to you know validate yeah. buying a long focal lens. So right, we, we just yeah. rent them. But those big G masters are nice. That's that you guys have us all on there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, just having zoom capabilities, you know, that's uh, something we need to focus on more too. Um, you know, we had a couple times where, you know, we didn't, didn't have as much zoom as we wanted to have, you know, to just have more clear footage from, from a far ways away. But there's a couple hunts that Tyler didn't go on and we had to do all the filming ourselves. And I'm like, when we were in Kansas, Tyler wasn't there and, you know, Steve's more of a hunter, not a, not a, not a cameraman. So we, we filmed that whole thing ourselves and, I'm filming with a GoPro while I'm hunting and I'm filming a little bit and, and it was just nuts. It was, it was a lot of work. We hunted seven straight days there and we ended up getting a buddy on a nice, really nice whitetail out there. And, but yeah, just an awesome experience. It's going to lead to better things for next year. You guys do all day sets or you come in? Yeah, well, we do all day sets, yeah. um, depending on where we're at and what time of year it is. Yeah. What's we try but, to you know? If, try to tell people that but they don't they don't want to they want to hunt yeah. the sunrise and sunset and it's like no okay. it's a, <laughs> it's imperative to to hunt all day you're not gonna get a deer if you're not in the woods that's right yep yeah yeah especially during the rut you gotta be you gotta be sitting all day which you know typical hunter know you know knows that but whether or not they want to do it or not it's cha- it's challenging we try to do that three four four days in a row sitting there all day by yourself mm-hmm or just, you know, it's just your thoughts, you know, you and your thoughts and <laughs> and God's creation. But doing it for four days straight, that could drive a person nuts. Yeah, sometimes it does. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a, a point of uh, what do they call it? Uh, oh, damn, point of diminishing return, you know, where yeah. be, <clears throat> being in a tree stand in the, wo- in the woods is good for you for your mental health, yeah. but then maybe after a few days of being, you know, maybe it's no longer good <laughs> no for longer you. good for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know, that's very true you know you know good for you to collect your thoughts maybe that first day but if you're not seeing any deer and you're on day three or day four you need to start questioning your sanity a little bit right especially if there's no animals at all i mean i've, I've sat all day before and, and i mean no squirrels nothing yeah, oh it's yeah like, it's yeah. like are you just staring at the grass move you know or the, yeah, of the trees or whatever's yeah, time goes by much quicker when you're when you're having you know encounters. But when you do not have encounters, it just 
ticks by and ticks by and just goes so slow. I tell people too that like some of the stuff you'll see in the woods is absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I've seen there was a I, there was a squirrel's nest next to where I was sitting, and they didn't like that I was there. So the mom, or the, I guess I don't know, but she kept running in the nest and grabbing the babies and dragging the babies like in her mouth off to somewhere safer. Yeah, and it's like you just sit there and watch this squirrel. I mean, when when are you ever going to see that? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love sitting. Yeah, we uh. We had a uh, while we actually back to Kansas. We um, we got up in the tree in the saddles uh, one morning, and we had five or six coyotes. Um, I wish they would have came in range; would have blasted every single one of them if we had a chance. But they were just mousing around for two hours, you know. And we were just watching them, watching them. We tried, you know, making a couple of noises and trying to get them to come in, but they wouldn't. But you know, we we got skunked that morning. And obviously, you know, there's a reason why. But you know. If you're in an area, like we were up high, if we were on the ground, we would have never seen them, you know, and mm-hmm. like, oh man, there's no deer here. Well, no, there wasn't any deer because them dang coyotes are just running everything out of there. But. Do, um, you mentioned, uh, the saddle. Do you guys, when you, when you're filming, do you, do you film out of a saddle as well as hunt? Yeah. Yep. So a couple different times this year we did that, um, filming while in the saddle and while in, while we're hunting out of the saddle too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, every time's every, every setup's different. You know, we were in Texas and Steve got up in a tree, you yeah. know, and the, uh, our cameraman was standing on the seat while Steve was standing on the platform and they were hooked in and just crazy, you know, and, but that's, that's what he had to do to, to get in closer and get the job done on the axis. Cause they were so skittish. Yeah. The whole, the whole time we were there, just a little small movement. Tyler's belly swear. I swear to you, his belly growled. And an axis buck looks up and just bolts. Heard heard the growl in his belly. Do you know why they're like that? No, I don't. I'm not too experienced with them. It's my I, first time. I can tell you. I can tell you why they're like that. Where, the, where they're from, they have tigers there. Yeah, I did. I did hear that. Yes. So it's just yeah. ingrained in them. I mean, they they're known for ducking arrows, like from a just from the sound yeah. of a bow. Yeah, they they will yeah. drop almost all the way to the ground before they take off. But they're you super know, the white, skittish. The whitetail were skittish too. I mean. There was a couple different times where I drew back and a deer just could hear every. They heard everything, like, and that first deer I shot in Texas that he he ducked my arrow, you know, didn't duck the arrow, but he hit the floor pretty well, you know, and uh, I hit him pretty high. And at first I'm like, how in the heck did I hit him so high? But when we went back and reviewed the footage, we put some paper up on the computer, and right before impact, there was uh, quite a bit of a difference where his back was. Uh, before the arrow hit them, they were skittish in Texas. Is what you're saying? Yeah, they were. They were pretty yeah. skittish. I didn't think that they would be like that. Because I mean, when we were driving in, we flew into San Antonio, hunted by Sonora. Um, but we seen deer on the side of the road feeding on the grass, and we're just like, this is insane. Never seen anything like that. You know, seen hmm. a couple of definite shooter whitetail bucks, and and the uh, the owner down there is like, yeah, this is normal. They just come out at night, feed on the, feed on the grass and the side of the roads, and. And we end up getting in camp and seeing a bunch of deer, and we're just like, "This is insane." We had multiple encounters, and just an overall, it was an awesome experience. We'll definitely be back in Texas. Yeah, we need to go down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you saw it's, more more deer on that trip than I've seen in the last two years. <laughs> I've seen I've seen more deer in three days. Well, four sorry, four days in Texas than I think I did in the whole month of hunting. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to plan a Texas trip. Yeah, we've got some yeah. we got some friends in Texas. I think it's time for us to. Uh, to call yeah, in those, uh, to cash yeah, in. You know, might might not be the biggest body deer, but man, the encounters alone is just worth every bit of hunting down there. Yeah. Are you going to hit up Colton or any of those guys in the group about uh, hunting at their place? Yeah, I've seen those guys on there. Yeah, possibly. That might be something that you know we end up doing. I know we want to go down there a couple different times this coming year. Um, Steve and I both made the decision we're going to try to get after an Axis buck. You know, we're trying to do that with our bows. And I think that, you know, free range access buck, I think that's a challenge in itself. So Absolutely. we're going to go down uh, and do that. That's going to be awesome. And then we're going to probably go down maybe once or even twice to whitetail hunt. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We want to try and get out there for uh, just to hang out, not really to hunt, but uh, go down there and see the spot before hunting season even starts. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that golden triangle that was at south uh, central yeah. Texas or something, or just south part yeah. of Texas there. There's some monsters over there. We we were kind of northwest of that area, but gosh dang, I've done some research on that area. That area is insane. What was your favorite place to hunt at this year? 
Was it Texas? Believe it or not, believe it or not, Texas. <laughs> yes, so I figured. <laughs> I, in, in in all honesty, yeah, I never would have. If you would have asked me that question before going, I would have told you, you know, probably Kansas is what I would have said for for you know we didn't shoot anything there, but just the encounters that we had and and just you know the the terrain there is crazy. It's just bulls and little cuts and fingers of woods and just open field. It was just a you know everything was just a learning curve for us this year and just so different. But going to Texas and just, you know, you're hunting by cactus. I mean, that was just walking around, you know, in the woods there. It was just weird. Yeah. Every, everything's, everything's like just dry and wants to poke you, you know. There's no trees. You can see the horizon in every direction. Yeah, that too. And then we've we seen a deer chowing and, and just chowing down on a cactus. What? It was just mowing, mowing it. And I, I believe that, at actually. It. Tyler and I were looking at each other. We're like, what in the, the this is crazy. Like the, the thing, the thing's just mowing down on a piece of cactus. We're like, this is nuts. Yeah. Deer are wild animals, man. I, I, they are, they I've, are tough. They're tough and wild. Uh, they, they and horses, like you see a horse just pick up a, a bird and start just eating a bird. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen deer like pick up mice and, and other things. Yeah. It's wild what they'll eat. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, you feel like you, you kind of learn more about them every time you're out in the woods, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I like to look at how different they are. Like the when we were in Kentucky, just that spot I was hunting, the the buck that came out, he just was heavy-footed, and it was weird. Yeah. He wasn't out very long, but he just made a lot of noise with his front feet. And then yeah. the next day, this doe came out, and she would – like do a hop and just slam her front feet down and just, she just kept doing it. And then her little fawn came out and he was doing it, but I've never seen, I mean, I know they do that, but I've never seen them do it with every step, but all three of them, yeah. it's just that one little spot that I was hunting. It's uh do you ever experience something like that in different, different states that you hunt that the deer behave differently than other? Oh, places? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and uh, back to Kentucky there, you know, you see more quality deer than quantity, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would say, you know, we don't see a ton of deer, but if we do see deer, you know, chances are we're going to see a pretty decent buck or something. But we have one instance where a doe was blowing us, couldn't see her, kept coming in, kept coming in, kept coming in, and just blew blew us, blew us, blew us, and then got, like, right under the stand, still looking at us and blowing at us. It's like, what are you doing? Just like, all right, time to knock the arrow and shut this up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll take a little – Half a second break here. So every episode we do a couple different things, but we do one of them is the plug of the week. And so we're going to let you do the plug of the week this week. So we'll, we'll do a little jingle and then um, tell them about your website or anywhere that they can go and uh, get you some money, pay you pay yeah, you money sure. somehow. <laughs> so here you go. All right, here, here comes the jingle. When it's over, you can you can feel free to promote. Do your thing. <laughs> All right, guys, Chris from Trekking Outdoors. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, um, Aaron on the Sportsman Channel, Monday mornings at 8.30 Eastern Time, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And make sure to check us out on uh, on our website at www.trekkingoutdoors.com. And, uh, yeah, make sure to shop our merch and just help us out. All that stuff helps us uh, get around the country so we can keep putting some solid content together. Helps put gas in that tank in that fifty thousand mile truck tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that old girl took a beating this year. It was it was insane. Well, now There's you so can ride it miles. off, and you can uh, degrade that piece of property as well. Yeah, I go. drive a sixteen Ram and I uh, Ram fifteen hundred, and I have an air ride suspension. Well, right when the season got over, and we live in Michigan, and, and the air ride typically doesn't like the cold weather too much, you know. But the air ride started stop working. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Like no. I was. I'm like, hey, you know, you know, I'm I'm grateful that that the old girl got me through this season, but I was like, come on, really? I'm trying to get settled back here in the home, and now my air ride stops working. I'm like, come on. Is your air ride broke? Mine? Yeah, you have a Ram as well. Right? Yeah, I don't have air ride on my uh, my Ram. He keeps saying old girl. Yeah, my, <laughs> old, my I have a 2007 Dodge Ram that I <laughs> I refuse to replace. It's got so does to, Tyler it, actually. Yeah. Tyler Tyler's had the same truck for. As long as I've known him, I mean, it's a 2007, you know, and he's had it since I think 2008 or, or something like that. Yeah. But uh, that thing is, he says, 
whenever we're driving my truck, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, oh, it's such a nice truck. And then he gets in his and he's like, I'm just driving this piece of crap around. <laughs> That's, I tell you what, man, I, I change the oil. I change the, the air filter. I do, yep. you know, required maintenance to keep it moving. But his radio small, broke like two years ago. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I just dropped a bunch of money to have new brakes and pads put all around. You know, yep. big chunk of change, but I won't pay a hundred dollars to get my front two uh, windows retented. Windows retented, yeah, and <laughs> they're all bubbled up. And I won't replace. <laughs> I won't replace the radio because I hate the truck yeah. so much, and I want a new one. That I do it out of spite. Yeah. I think <laughs> I refuse yeah. to I make refuse. you look better. Yeah, it's like you get attached to to the truck. You know, I mean, I I was like that. I had a two thousand GMC Sierra. I got super attached to, and just. I had to roll the thing in order to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not attached to it. I'm just that wasn't a intentional. That, that wasn't intentional. <laughs> we drove my Sierra 28 hours from here to Colorado to hunt elk. Uh, that's right. And, uh, yeah. Only reason I got that truck was for that trip, and then I basically got rid of it when we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, mine. Mine uh, is a 16. I bought it with 39,000 miles, and I got 160 on it already. Wow. And, yeah, yeah I, I'm just I drove gonna... a lot. I got yeah, thirty eight thousand yeah. on my truck, and I bought it last year. Yeah, I guess I yeah. bought it a little over a year ago. Now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna drive that thing until it until it explodes. I got, I'm I'm attached to it now. You know, that's the move. Well, maybe maybe by then you'll uh, you have yourself a truck sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that'd be that'd be amazing. Maybe yeah. Ram will sponsor us or something. That'd be that'd be cool. Especially, dude. I'll tell you what, man. Ha- having a show, we tell people this all the time. If if you have a place in which people are looking at you and they see you you can you can get sponsors so if you were to send a link or even an episode to like the ram marketing department like see how much time we spend in this truck uh right. breaks i'm buying an f-250 or yeah. you guys throw me half off on a new ram and i'll go buy a new ram you know what you guys should do is uh you should take his old truck, and when you guys are doing your your interviews and you're you're talking, you should pose next to the truck and just get the old beat up Dodge symbols like in yep. the uh, in the frame, yeah. So yeah. that Dodge gets wind of it and is like, all right, we got to send these guys a new one because they keep showing this old ass, yeah, all this old branding. It's not yeah. good for our, yeah. This doesn't yeah. this doesn't work for us. We're Ram now. You just force them to send yeah. you a new one. Yeah, I mean, just a uh, you know, almost every, almost every episode we had some kind of clip like in our of our truck going across a bridge or something, you know, like yeah. Kentucky, Illinois, Iowa, yeah. um, you know. So we just just to be a little different, you know, we wanted to put like a little little clip of that in there, and, and I have it wrapped too. Um, and I didn't design the wrap; I had a buddy design it, and he does amazing work by all means. But uh, but my face is on the driver's side door oh, and on no. the passenger door, and I'm like. <laughs> Here I am. I'm that guy. I got my own face, you know, holding a deer on the side of the truck, which, you know, I mean, all of us are on there, but sure. you know, it's like, Hey, you know, someone's looking at the driver's door and they're like, Oh, there, there's a guy with a buck. And then I get out and they're like, Oh, look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> you know? and, and so, you know, whenever I get a new truck or something, I'm doing a completely different, you know, rap on it. But I got to pull this up and see and see if, is it on your Instagram? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's on there somewhere. It might be farther down, but <laughs> I've got, got to see it. Got to <laughs> see it. Do you guys have any sponsors yet? Oh yeah. We got quite a few. Um, we run it up blinds. That's one of our big sponsors. And then, uh, domain outdoors. Um, they're out of Wisconsin food pot seed company. Those guys are awesome to work with. Um, buck, buck cuffs. It's a, or game cuffs, whatever. They've got two different, uh, styles. It's just a deer drag system to help deer drag your deer out. You know, not everywhere you can go, you can, you know, bring a cart or a four wheeler, or if you're on public land in certain spots, you can't take anything like that out there, you know? So, um, how does this one work? Our, Is it a body harness? No, it's not. It's actually a cable system. It goes your little, uh, round tool goes in your hand and you wrap the cable around the horns. Uh, we got like a little couple of videos on our Facebook and Instagram, but, uh, we use them uh, quite a few times this year and it's, it's actually way better than you think. I was able to load a full size buck, you know, in, in the back of my truck with no, no help. Okay. I just put two, two cuffs on its, uh, on his horns and just pulled them right up there. It takes a lot of pressure off your back while you're now, now I'm talking like I, uh, own the company, but, um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're one of our sponsors and then, uh, built for extreme nutrition. They're, in, they're another one of our sponsors. We just added accurate archery. They have a, a really cool light that shines on your tape wheel. Oh, that's another thing I can kind of talk about. Um, we hunted out of ground blind. So I switched my entire setup this year. Um, 
I switched from a, a five pin sight to a single pin. I got a fast Eddie, uh, a spot hog, fast Eddie XL. I'm getting ready to do the exact same thing. Let's go from five yeah. to one. So if I can give you some advice and, and I'm unaware of any other product out there that helps with this, but you have the yardage tape wheel. Okay. And in low light, the first couple of times I were hunting out of a ground blind or wherever we were in low light, I couldn't yeah. see my yardage tape. Yep. And I'm like, if a buck comes out, you know, Tyler's like, Hey, you know, I got good light right now. So if something comes out, we're good. I'm looking at my yardage tape. I'm like, I can't see the dang thing. Like, what am I going to do? Hold. And so at one point, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, at one point, <laughs> yeah. Right. At one point in time, we're in a blind and I'm using Tyler's phone and he's shining the light on there just so I can help see my, my uh, yardage tape. So this guy that owns accurate archery, um, came up with a little light that just mounts to your bow and shines right on the right on the yardage tape simple yet effective yep simple yet effective and wish i would have had it earlier in the season we'll have to, what uh what single pin did you end up going with uh i have this the um the spot hawk fast eddie xl that's what i have okay that's yeah. a good one and i yeah. i love it you know um i kind of went through like levi morgan's bow life boot camp i went through that and fixed a lot of my things by watching him, you know, and, and then I started noticing myself with having that five pin and I was shooting a trophy Ridge. I started noticing myself that, you know, I was getting, I was having target panic cause I'd pull back, you know, I, I'd have my, I, you know, my line of sight just on my target, pull back. And now I'm trying to like creep up to wherever my yardage, you know, whatever yardage I'm at, you know, yeah. well, that single pin kind of eliminated that for me this year, just pull back and that pin's like somewhat right already there, you know? Yes. So I'm not doing that coming from the top or from way high or way bottom, you know. I have a trophy ridge, and I missed a buck. Well, I didn't miss. I didn't even get to shoot, but I pulled back, and by the time I counted, you know, it's just five pens is too many when your heart's pumping and there's a buck in front of you. Yeah. But by the yep. time I counted up to the third pen, you know, 30 yards, yeah. like he's gone. <laughs> yeah. You know, trying to master the yardage, you know, like I know there's guys, there's some guys out there that are amazing at it you know, trying to master the yardage without having to, you know, use a range finder, but it's I got just a like, range. Well, yeah, me too. I just, it's more of like the mental thing. Like you're like questioning yourself, you know, if you do, if you don't, you well, know, 30, obviously 30 yards standing on the ground and 30 yards from a tree are completely different. different. Oh yeah. Way totally different. different. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree hundred percent. Cause 20 yards usually looks like 30 from a tree. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always surprised when you get into a new stand. Like when we went to uh, to Rocco's there in Kentucky, and I sat in that stand, and I started. I'll, I'll range trees and yep, give same. myself just you know kind of mental markers. Like I know this area is this, and I was blown away. Like especially because we were, we, I was sitting on the top of a kind of a knoll, so a lot of trees were not only down at an angle, but then down a slope mm-hmm. and stuff that looked yep. like, you know, it was a 20 or 30 yard shot because of that increased angle was actually a 40, you know, 50, or almost 50 yard shot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's pretty nuts. All right, dude. Well, we appreciate you uh, getting on here with us. Is there anything else you wanted to let the people know? Uh, no, just watch us. Uh, hopefully we can, you know, continue to grow and, you know, those that are already following us, just keep following along and hopefully we can gain some more, more followers. And yeah, just appreciate you having me on. Uh, maybe next time we'll get Tyler and uncle Steve on here too. And that yeah. way it gives me an opportunity to bash those two and, yeah, and make it say, a party. say some things, yeah, say some <laughs> things that they don't want me to say. For sure. And if you guys ever make it down to South Carolina, uh, come see us. Hey, it's, hey, that's actually funny you say that. Cause uh, Steve's actually got family down there. There you go. We're in Charleston. Yep, so. Give us a shout. All right, this sounds good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, Chris, appreciate it. All right, you guys take care. All right, you too, man. Bye. Bye. Sick. There you have it. Mr. Chris. Yeah, thanks for calling in, buddy. That was a good conversation. Yeah, it was good Good chat. Sounds like a cool group of guys to hang out with. Yeah, I think that we get along with them for sure. We need to, that, that, that group that we chat with, we need to, I'm sure it's been discussed before, but organize like, a powwow a get together with everybody yeah that'd, that'd be, be fun. fun definitely especially if we could do it down there in west texas you hear that colton let us come down there to your ranch if you're listening if you're listening he, does, he listens all right let's do this random fact yeah like what's the random fact i'm gonna do the random fact in the form of a question is this Jeopardy? Yes. 
Okay. What U.S. state is the closest to Africa? What U.S. state is closest to Africa? Yeah. South Carolina? Florida? So Florida is 4,085 miles to Africa. Okay. The tip of Florida. But from Africa, 3,154 miles away is Maine. Maine is closer to Africa. It's the closest U.S. state. Weird. Isn't that strange? I'm, I'm, well, you know, what, you know what's funny is the modern globe and map and the size of how everything is. It's off. I believe it's, it's they, they say it's like it's off. It's not yeah. super accurate, you know, because they have certain countries and things situated a certain way and a si- sizes and in real life they're they're different. Yeah. So with the with the angle of the United States eastern seaboard as it goes up towards Maine, I can see how with it being at an angle yep. and coming straight down it would be closer. Coming straight down I think it was Cape Horn. Um but just looking at it from a map, like a like a school kid's school map, yep. you would think that it would be Florida. Yeah, you so would. That's it's strange. I wish those I wish hurricanes would just go to Maine then. Yeah, I know. That's where they come from, that's right? right off the coast, off the coast of Africa. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Maybe that's that's yeah, true. I wonder why they hit Florida. That's strange. That's interesting. I mean, I know why it's the the way that the stream is, but huh? Yeah, that was the random fact. I just, I just thought it was fascinating that it was Maine. Who would have thought? Nobody would ever get that right. I was I was thinking there's some trick answer like California because oh yeah, because yeah, of something other way around. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's Maine. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to get a saddle. Yeah, I'm going to get a saddle. Are you? Yeah, I am. I mean, look at everybody in Patreon hunts with a saddle. Yep. Everybody we talk to has a saddle. Except for us. Except for us. And we we were one of the first ones to talk about the saddle. Yeah, we talked about it years ago. Yeah. I remember, I think, talking to you or going, I just saw this craziest thing. Uh And they they had just come out. But the thing is, is they just kind of like... Reemerged, yeah, years ago because mm-hmm. they were a thing a long time ago, and I right. think they fell out of popularity because they're just I don't know, Americans got fatter or something. I don't know. Well, think about how crazy the it, it all became like the hunting industry. They, they think that we've actually gone backwards, like the way the Indians and the Clovis people used to hunt, right? They think that our technology today and our knowledge of how to hunt is worse, like they knew Probably. way better. Because we relied uh, so much on technology and, mm-hmm. and al- getting, allowing or relying on technology to produce a successful shot. Yeah. Relying on technology to find your deer, mm-hmm. to look at, you know what I mean? Like those things, back then, a hunter was a killer. He knew the prey or the quarry. He understood how to kill it. He understand it, how it moved, and he knew how to move through the woods. There, yeah. you know, there was woodsmanship. Also, every meal came from killing. So, you know, where today a lot of it is just... Uh, you know, let's go get a deer or two a year. Yeah, there's no there's no connection yep. from field to, to table anymore no. for most people. Which is actually kind of sad if you think about it. That 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 eating is just like you just go get it. Yeah, like I just grab a cheeseburger on the way home or whatever. You yeah. know, or you can just grab a burger that's not even real meat. It's made of other stuff. Yeah, Beyond. That's just something else I was thinking about too. Is uh, all this new Beyond Meat thing? And I think it's I think to be honest with you, I think the population growth I don't think there's enough animals to feed everybody. I think everything's gonna eventually go to that. I think all these fast food restaurants, everybody I think everybody's gonna start using plant based meats. I don't think that I think that eating chicken and steak on a regular basis is, is gonna be not so common. Interesting. In the next, I don't know, ten years. Assuming we don't get smacked by an asteroid or something. Smacked by an asteroid. That's it's a polite way to put it, I guess. You ever thought about that? About how scary that would be? Like, if it doesn't hit you, if it hits on the other side of the planet. Oh, like, yeah. How, if like, it's, if it's coming, live, please just. Yeah, right on my forehead. Right here. Yeah. Hit South Carolina. Bring I'm it really in. Good. Yeah. Family, let's get around. Yeah. Let's hug it out. Let's play. Let's eat some Beyond Meat from Chick-fil-A. Let's play a game of Uno. Let's just enjoy what we got left. Hang yeah. out with the family. Would you even tell them? Or you just would be like, all right, guys, let's just. Everybody's staying in tonight. That's hard, man. I don't know. That's, why would I even go there? I don't, I don't, why, think I don't know them. why you would go there. I don't think I'd tell them. If it wasn't all over the news, and it was for sure going to be a like civilization reset, mm-hmm. um, and there was enough evidence that it was coming within a proximity that 
it, it would just happen and it would be done. I don't, it, and I could protect them from not having to have that anxiety or fear. Yeah. yeah I think I would not tell them. Yeah. I don't think I would either. <clears throat> I would be an absolute unconsolable, not unconsolable, but, uh, probably unbearable i'll come over and tell him for you just i don't know i don't know how i'd act keeping that to myself it'd be hard but yeah well that's a good note to end on yeah jesus why don't we yeah let's bring it bring it it back bring it up chuck uh how do we do that we do this oh i got something for you check this out so today i went and met kevin from the south Carolina bourbon club I went and met him in a parking lot. Yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah. I knew you won't, though, because you don't like fireball. I hate fireball so much. So I went and met Kevin today yeah. at, at a parking lot. This guy had, he said he had 3,500 uh, mini bottles, like from all over the world, from the 50s to the 90s. And he was telling this story, and he was like, this guy built it, and then he died, and his son continued it. So he's got like decanters. He has all kinds of crazy okay. stuff. And then somebody sold it. And then he's, they said the story goes that the guy lost it. And he's like, and then I ended up with it. So I'm guessing he stole it. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but he's like, yeah, I paid 300 bucks for all this stuff. Right. Anyway, so we're going through it all. And I told Kevin, I was like, I'll come help. But my, my payment is I want something. You know, yeah. I'm not going to make him give me Weller or something crazy like that. But, like, if you got an old turkey, I wouldn't mind having or some old granddad. Sure. Um, which we'll see what I end up with. But this one was empty, so I ended up keeping that. Check that out. What is this? Oh, no way. How cool is that? Dude, it's, it's still it's got, like, the same. It's a Colonel Taylor, but it doesn't say Colonel Taylor. It just says Old Taylor just on it. It says Old Taylor, but, but the, it's the exact same label. Yeah. That little red signature is the same. It's the exact same label. It just doesn't well, say f- Colonel E.H. Taylor on it. Freaking cool is that? And you can see the... But it, has, it hasn't been opened. It just leaked out. I guess the top went bad. It looks like it cracked. Like yeah. the, lid, the lid sort of... The seal sort of broke. That is freaking cool, man. Yeah. Unapproved. Bottled and bond. Yeah. Pretty interesting. That's a cool bottle, man. Yep. I thought it was cool, too. I was like, that'll look good in the studio. So I brought that over. It's got a one and a half cent tax on it from the state <laughs> of Florida. Alcohol excise tax. One and a half cents. How does that even, how do you even do that? I don't know. How do you charge one and a half cents? But they don't make airplane bottles like this anymore, man. This has got no, like no. class. Like, yeah. You can take this out and open this in front mm-hmm. of people and not feel like a trashy airplane bottle drinker right. Right. during your lunch yeah. break, you know? It's a really cool bottle. There was a, they have a, but they had a bunch of like just nifty stuff that, um, that I've never seen before, but he had like William LaRue Weller and, yeah, um, old camp or, uh, uh yeah, not old camp. It was the, um, cabin still, the, the W.L. Weller cabin still. Yeah. A bunch of cool stuff. I put some of it in our story. I ever told you about, uh, airplane Pete? No. So airplane Pete is a guy that, uh, used to work at this grocery store and, he would walk next door to the liquor store on his lunch break and buy airplane bottles. And he would go into the parking lot and he would he'd pound airplane bottles with his lunch and then go back into stocking groceries. Really? He's just like one of those guys that is, I don't know his life story, but you know, I assume he's a 50 something year old man stocking shelves at a grocery, at a food line yeah. in the rural North Carolina. So I've, um, he's uh, living his best North Carolina, life. South Carolina. Uh, yeah, maybe he was, but yeah. that dude loved some uh, vodka and smear or Smirnoff no, or um, no, 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 Malibu rum. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I guess if you're gonna drink every day, Malibu rum's not. But a it was terrible. funny because you could go in into the into the store, and if you ran into him, and you didn't know what time of day it was, I could I could just make small small talk and see if he had had his. Uh, his fix yet? Yeah, you could. You, I'd know what time of day it was. If he was coming down or he was coming back right. Up. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's cool. Yeah, airplane Pete. I call him airplane Pete because he was at airplane bottles. Oh, I like airplane Pete. Sounds like a cool guy. Speaking oh, of airplane Pete, probably dead. Probably is. Wouldn't be surprised. We got some airplane Peters coming in. No, the. Uh, I mean, we do, but that's not where I was going. Oh, there was a there was an actual um, American Airlines. I think it was a. It's. I think it was Beam bonded Beam. So. Jim Beam bonded, okay. but it had um, it had it had uh, sold specifically for American. No, it was I W Harper. That's what it was. Okay, it was I W Harper, but it had an American Airlines. So American Airlines had their own specifically bottled whiskey. Interesting. 
which I thought was cool too. Cool too. Cool too. All right, I gotta go uh, pick some people up, so you can close it out. Bye. Bye. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.